Hello, everybody, and welcome to Mom of the Hard Kid. Today, we're going to be talking about whether or not our child is just a charming lad or lass, or if they are a psychopath. (laughs) So we're going to jump in first and say, I am just a mom. I am a mom who has sought for uh, mental health services for my child. I'm a mom who has been trying to figure out the best way to help my daughter who has reactive attachment disorder and oppositional defiance disorder and fetal alcohol syndrome and lots lots of different things inside her, her grab bag of things. And I want her to be a successful adult. So I have been digging in areas where I can't get any help from actual professionals for from our therapists because when I go to some therapists, they just kind of throw out programs that are not individualized to my child or my situation. And you go to other therapists and they know like a piece of something and and that piece is really helpful, but it's not the whole child and the whole child's not being dealt with. And then you can go to other therapists and there's no clue. They have no clue what's going on and they try to like guide you down this weird path. And I had this one therapist in particular where I was like, hey, 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 no, I'm talking about this. And she'd say, you know, she did just dismiss me and lead me down this other path. And I would think I can understand why a therapist would would need to do that sometimes. I can understand why the therapist would be like, hey, I know you're in this situation. I want to reframe this. But I don't feel like that's really what was happening. I felt like this was a place of ignorance. So now here from my own place of ignorance, I'm coming at it from a different angle to try to really understand what's going on in my child's life. So I have a daughter who has disinhibited social engagement disorder, and that is the outgoing version of reactive attachment disorder. She was neglected. She had interactions with drug and alcohol while she was in utero. And she has a lot of physical and mental consequences because of the actions of her biological parents. Now, as I'm raising this child and her symptoms started showing up at 18 months. And when I'm raising this child, I am thinking one word all the time, psychopath. When she sees the cat having a mouse in its mouth and then she is like screaming to get to watch that cat eat the mouse or when she is trying to throw that same cat over the balcony or when she's um, describing in very eerily calm detail about the ways that she envisions you dying at her hand like it's and she's little she's three she's four she's five and so you're like whoa, like, I I don't know what a psychopath is, because I'm not, you know, labeling things exactly. But this is exactly what I would say was a psychopath. But then when she's out in public, she is very charming, very charming. And she is very manipulative. And she's also highly intelligent. So she can get people to maneuver around her. But Unfortunately, and fortunately, she does have a limit where she runs out of her energy to do this. And then people start seeing the cracks in her personality. And then that offends her very greatly. And she falls into 
crazy depression and anxiety about all of that stuff. So I'm going to focus today on the psychopath part because it was a real deal for me in my mind. This was real. So I went to look it up in the DSM-5 and they took it out of the DSM-5. They call it psychopathic traits and they kind of lump it into antisocial personality disorder. Well, then I don't know what to call this stuff. So I went online and I looked up the term psychopath and I was looking at the different signs and symptoms, common signs of psychopath, but they didn't have it in there. They had it under antisocial personality disorder, right? But it's not matching the stuff that's in the DSM-5. But what they have here on the website is number one, behavior that conflicts with social norms. Now this is antisocial behavior. It's any kind of behavior that conflicts with the social norms. Um, I'm going to say it's intentionally so, but it can also derive, I imagine, from being impulsive. So number two, disregarding or violating the rights of others. Number three, inability to distinguish between right and wrong. Number four, difficulty with showing remorse or empathy. Number five, a tendency to lie often. Number six, manipulating and hurting others. Number seven, reoccurring problems with the law. And I'm going to switch that to authority because we're talking about kids here. Uh, I forgot what number I'm on. (laughs) General disregard towards safety and responsibility. And the last one is expressing anger and arrogance on a regular basis. So I would say that my child shows more of a borderline personality disorder and in when you look at the DSM-5 guidelines and not an antisocial personality disorder, but my child has all of these things, all of these signs. So, so my first question is why is this not in the DSM-5? We've heard about psychopaths and psychopathy for a really long time. Why isn't it in there? So I went searching and I found out, and it's psychopathyis.org, that they don't include it because it's too stigmatizing a label. And this is where I have a gigantic problem with the mental health field, because I feel like due to the fact that they deal with really sensitive people who are going through gigantic situations sometimes, they are perhaps overly concerned with things that logistically would be better if they were in place. So I don't want to label your child as this. That's okay. Don't label them as that. Just treat them for it. Because if you dismiss the proper treatment for a child because you don't want them to be stigmatized by the label, well, if they have it, then you need to treat it or you are doing an absolute disservice to this patient. To say there's no psychopathic diagnosis is fine. It's fine as long as you are treating what's really going on. So if you have somebody who has antisocial personality disorder and you are treating them for the things that they're actually doing, that's fine. 
But because my child will never get diagnosed with an antisocial personality disorder based on her actions in the DSM-5, lumping that in together with psychopathy makes no sense. I have in the past said, hey, therapist, I see this and this and this and this and this. And they say, oh, well, your daughter's too young. I can't even get a mood disorder diagnosis until my daughter turns six. It doesn't matter that she matches everything and then goes way above and beyond by a factor of 900. And sometimes you don't get a diagnosis like this because you do have bigger things that are wrong. But again, my issue is then let's treat the stuff we know how to treat. So if there's a lot of things that people do to diagnose and then treat borderline personality disorder, antisocial personality disorder, mood disorders, if there are things that you do to treat those things, then I think it's okay, even without a diagnosis, that you treat the child for what they have. Now, I looked it up because I really wanted to know what it is, how you treat somebody with psychopathic behaviors. And basically, they just kind of go through and do behavior skills training, recognition of important roles of family, school, peers, community. And you go through and you kind of outline logistically everything that can help this child integrate themselves into society in a meaningful way, even if they are not feeling or understanding normal social cues. So before you get too scared, if you have a child who tends to have psychopathic behaviors, and and the thing that I always heard is if you're willing to be violent to animals, that's a big red flag and dangerous sign, right? So we have that box checked off the the lying the manipulating all of the all of the boxes are checked in in this but i was listening to a youtube channel and they were talking about something totally different but they were experts in whatever they were talking about and and the guy said there's actually tons of psychopaths around there's tons and they're fine and they don't become murderers and they don't become this because they learn the coping skills to live in society. And I thought, oh my gosh, then I'm going to teach her the coping skills. So I go to my mental health professionals and they're like, oh, oh, shh, don't give her this diagnosis. People will think it's bad. And I think, okay, then I'm going to treat her because you won't treat her. So what I have done is I have done the recommendations that they have for treating psychopathy. I teach her skills. I teach her to recognize different roles in society. So not only in family, because she has a really hard time understanding that there's someone in charge and that she's not always in charge. And I had to break down and I'm still constantly breaking down why just because she feels like something that doesn't make it work in this whole machine of society and of life. And I talk about it about school and I talk about it with her friends about her friends. And I talk about it, about the different relationships that she has so that she can logically come into a situation and say, oh, I see how this functions and how I need to fit in to this function. Because that's all you can do 
in some of these situations. So when she's violent towards animals, and I have to tell her in very honest terms, this is a very concerning behavior. And it's concerning because when people see that people are willing to hurt animals, it suggests that they're not safe to be around. If you want people to consider you safe to be around, you have to show the same respect for animals as you do for people. So if you're not showing respect for animals, then people assume you're not showing respect for people. And because with my child, I can use her currency of loving people as which sounds, I can see how that sounds weird, but it's because she's got a lot of stuff going on. And with her reactive attachment, she just desires other people to think she's amazing because I assume she was neglected. And so that is her way of not feeling neglected is to just be like amazing and having everyone love her for a minute. And then she can't, she can't keep it up for too long, but she can keep it up for short periods of time. But she understood. And if your child doesn't have a high IQ, you can run into problems. But I recommend as someone who is not a mental health professional who is just a mom who has had to deal with my own situation is I would suggest trying to start very basic, trying to start very low on the totem pole and teaching very simple concepts that you can build upon. Well, while I was doing my research, I came across something that made me laugh out loud. (laughs) So, Conduct disorder is one of those diagnoses that a lot of kids get. And I came across a study that was done in 2017. And it was talking about conduct disorders and psychopathy in children and adolescents. And then it lists a couple of words that I definitely don't know how to say. And then it talks about presentation and treatment of callous and unemotional traits. So before I jump into this, I want to talk about pro-social behaviors because they kind of adjust all the terminology so that they can say and acknowledge that these symptoms in children are real, but not give them the label of a psychopath instead of taking away the stigma of being a psychopath. They just are making everything convoluted and that's unfortunate to me. I, I, I just think it's silly. Because we can easily say, hey, you know what, there's like 10% of the people out there, this is a wrong percentage. I think the percentage is closer to four are psychopaths. And they're not all terrible people, they learn their coping skills. And to be able to educate people on that, to me seems a little bit more beneficial for the people who have these issues, than it is to create totally different layers of stuff just because of an age discrepancy. So pro-social behaviors are the behaviors that people do that help them integrate into society. They have examples like cooperating, comforting, consoling, helping, sharing, caring, those kind of things where it, these are positive attributes, positive behaviors that help you integrate into society. But in the study, they call them callous and emotional traits. 
So you've got one terminology over here. And then in another area, there's a book where they call it limited pro-social emotions and pro-social behaviors. And they talk about it specifically, both of these groups, about conduct disorder. So because you don't want the term psychopath, which the study uses inside its study, and they talk about psychopathic traits and how they are, there are certain behaviors that are in adults and things like that. And, but instead of saying the word psychopath, they have now switched it. So everybody kind of makes up their own thing, which then makes everything a little bit more convoluted for anybody who's trying to find help. If you decided an umbrella term of, we're going to call it callous and emotional traits for kids under the age of 18, then still there needs to be some consistency within the area or there needs to be an understood, hey, you know what, whisper, whisper, we're going to treat this exactly like we would psychopathy. But everyone's so afraid of hurting people's feelings or having people be picked on because of, of course, of course, I don't know how many people out there are like, you know what, I'm a psychopath. Like, but because they don't want the stigma on people, instead of making it easier, they're actually making it harder by trying to be and this may sound harsh, but honestly, I'm tired of jumping through the hoops. My child needs help. And if I have to jump through 50,000 ridiculous hoops just to get my child help, then you are doing me a disservice in an attempt to do me a service. So I would rather say, hey, here's my child's diagnosis, let's treat this and just be really proud of how far they come when they actually get the help that they need. So in this study, so in this study, they talk about these traits and they talk about how when children get proper intervention, that they can have whatever these callous and emotional traits are, when they get the help that they need, these symptoms decrease. It says here in it, it says, a decrease following intensive and specialized treatment is possible. So basically what this is saying is if you can get your child into treatment, then you're going to have a lot more success, of course, than if you don't. But they have to be able to treat the correct issues. And I really like this study in a way because it does acknowledge that there are psychopathic behaviors in children. So one of the things it says here is psychopathic traits previously considered as meaningful negative specifier for severe antisocial and aggressive behaviors in adults psychopathy, all psychopathology, there's that word, have been rediscovered as a relevant factor in subtyping conduct disorder in youth. But then I really appreciated that it says here that subsequent studies confirmed that the multidimensional structure of an adult psychopathy is detectable also in the adolescent populations. Furthermore, these studies on children slash adolescents strongly suggest the association between psychopathic personality traits and conduct problems, namely aggression and law violation. As said before, the DSM-5 has consolidated this connection, considering the callous and emotional traits as the LPE specifier for the conduct disorder. So 
basically what it's saying. Ooh, ooh, let me let me read this one. <laughs> About 12 to 46% of youth with conduct disorder show callous and emotional traits. The presence of callous and emotional traits in children and adolescents with conduct disorder defines a subclass of children characterized by a poorer adolescence outcome, both in clinical and control samples. For an increased risk of developing psychopathy in adulthood with severe and persistent antisocial behavior. So I'm just a mom. And I say this a lot because we're talking about very specific things that you would you would leave normally to the professionals, right? But as a mom, I think, then what skills can I give my child? What can I offer my child so that she has the best possible outcome? In, and she has a lot of time because she was showing these personality traits at two years old. And I know that some of you are like, two years old, that's too young. I can assure you, I thought, holy crap, two years old, that's too young. What is going on here? What are these things that she's doing? What are these looks that she's giving? What are these things that she's saying? It was as crazy as it sounds. And so here I am in this unique situation. My daughter now has 15, 16 years at that point to figure out some amazing life skills. And then as she hit three and we go to therapy and I'm realizing, you know, the help that I need is coming in like little slices, like little pieces. And I'll take those pieces. Absolutely, I will. I'm willing to have her go to therapy as long as we're getting some pieces, right, to help her out. But as she hit four, and we had two, and we come across all these different scenarios, and I'm realizing there's no help for her. I had to tell myself, okay, this is your job now. You're going to have to teach her the coping mechanisms that she needs the understanding that she needs. And you're going to have to start from essentially zero. Because I don't want her to be one of those kids who grows up and doesn't have the skill set that they need in order to be a contributing member of society. And I want her to be a contributing member of society. I want all my kids to be contributing members of society. But I do think that the first three that didn't have the same issues have a better chance. They, they're not in as deep a hole to begin with. And I have a lot of high hopes for them. They're wonderful children. And the youngest is also a wonderful, wonderful child. I really think that they have learned a lot of lessons from each other. And I appreciate all my children, even though parenting is hard, right? <laughs> but I think they're amazing. And it's worth the hard work. Because it's kind of interesting, just how much you have to dig in the ground with your hands, metaphorically speaking, and get the work done yourself. Because if you were a farmer, and you had no additional tools, and you had to feed your family by the end of the year, you would dig in the dirt with your hands. And you would really, really dig in there. And I feel that is where we're at right now, where I am sort of on this plot of land that has unfertile soil and I don't have the right machinery, but I'm doing my best because nobody's offering any machinery to me. And when I go seek it out, 
they they're not willing to help in the ways that would actually be beneficial to my daughter. But if you are a parent who is concerned about the behaviors of your kid and you go to the therapist and the therapist says, hey, you know what? Empathy doesn't actually come to kids until they're 25 years old. You can know that that's true. In most kids, they, it can, it's not abnormal for them to reach their empathetic point when they hit adulthood. So it's going to be hard for your therapist to understand that you have a unique situation because until you're sitting there surrounded by the behaviors, you don't really think this kind of thing exists. You think that it's, it's just the dramatic parent and you think that it's just craziness out in the world of Googling, you know, and you don't really understand just how much it takes for a parent with a child with these legitimate behaviors to get the help that they need. For any of you who are going through this, I just want to say, hey, I see you. It is hard, but don't give up. You have more strength inside you than you realize, and your child has more strength and ability inside than you see. They are worth working hard for, they are worth fighting for, and they are worth you finding the proper things and research. There's so much information out there from very credible and reliable sources that you can find something that will work for your child. I wish you all the best and thank you so much for joining me.